1: My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And we have a gorgeous day going on here in Sweet Home, Alabama. I went for a walk midday, and the sky was this gorgeous color of blue, big white puffy clouds, one of my favorite things. And the temperature only got to the mid-60s, which is pretty cool for us this time of year. So it was just glorious. And I know there have been a lot of storms in the Midwest so and the East Coast. So I hope you guys are all doing okay, those of you that have been affected by that. We have several callers that have joined us already this evening. And so let's go ahead and go to the phones. And I believe our first caller is Sherman. Hi, Sherman, are you with us? I am. Hi there. How are you, sir?
2: I'm good. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm good, thanks. Tell everybody where you're calling from.
2: Well, I'm calling from Alabama.
1: Okay. Terrific. Where in Alabama? Montgomery. Montgomery. Okay. Well, terrific. Well, what's happening down in Montgomery?
2: Well, I heard you say something about the weather being nice, and uh, it is here as well. And uh, just a beautiful day, but everything's good.
1: Well, good. Are you down at that Air Force base down there?
2: Uh, Just right outside the base. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Terrific. And what's that base called? I know it's a big one.
2: Uh, it, Well, it's uh, Maxwell is the okay. name of the base. Maxwell Air yeah. Force Base.
1: Which is interesting that it's kind of in the middle of, you know, nowhere, in the middle of the state. But I guess that's what <laughs> they want. They need a lot of room, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, good. Well, did you have a question for me?
2: I do. Um, I've noticed here lately that my left knee um, is seemingly uh, getting weaker. Uh, Sometimes I do have arthritis in both my knees. My left knee, I find, uh, at times, does not want to hold the weight, especially going upstairs. Okay. and uh um, a little concerned about it i i you know it's uh, it has a lot of lot of miles on it of course but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh anyway that that's uh been something that's been uh bothering me and i uh, just want to get your thoughts on it
1: Okay. Well, let me. what I'm going to do is I'm going to scan you. And how this works, Sherman, is I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit. We are spirits having the human experience when we're alive in bodies. And spirits, when they're outside of the body, vibrate faster than we do when we're inside the body, simply because the body has mass. So what I do is I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit. And then I'm going to watch a laser beam go from my body to yours, and I'll hook into you. And then I'm going to shoot energy from your feet up through the top of your head, and it's going to show me a picture of what's going on with you medically and or physically. And it's almost as if I have a big screen TV in my head and I'm looking at an X-ray or an MRI or a CT scan. Mm -hmm. So. That's what I'm going to do. You don't have to do anything. Just hang. And I'm just going to describe to you what I see. So, here goes my laser beam. Okay, got you. All right, shooting energy. Well, interestingly enough, your right knee is more inflamed than your left knee. And the energy always goes to where it's needed the most first. Sometimes it's the complete opposite or completely unrelated from what we think it's going to be. So, My guess is your right knee. You're probably putting more stress on it because you're babying your left knee. So let me get the inflammation calmed down in your right knee first, and we'll see what's going on there. Um, Your right knee uh, is—it's real close to bone on bone. You, the way if you look at a, a knee joint, like when we are done, you can Google a knee joint and you'll see a picture of it, and there's. There's cartilage that goes in between where that joint moves so you can bend your knee mm-hmm. and the cartilage, the cartilage is almost out of there. So that means that you've got almost bone on bone. So I would imagine that would be painful for you. So what I'm watching happen is a healing and I'm watching more cartilage get added to the, um, that cartilage Minimal cartilage that's in there now. And what it looks like, Sherman, is it looks like um, kind of like a gelatinous substance, but something that, that – have you ever seen – the thing that's coming to my mind is it is it looks like a breast implant. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's just a – it's a clear plastic – Almost membrane, and then it 's got this kind of gel stuff inside of it, and that's what i that 's what I see when I see new cartilage getting put into somebody 's joint, so we're going to let that do it do its thing on the right side. never knew that you'd have breast implants in energetic breast implants in your knee, <laughs> did you
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: I promise you your knee is not going to, it's not going to grow a boob, I promise.
2: Okay, so, okay, okay. good. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, let me check your left knee. Yeah, your left knee is bone on bone. So, you but it's not as, it's not inflamed, which is interesting. Um, I can see that it looks like it's not, the muscles around it aren't as, as robust as the one in the right knee. Do you notice a difference in size? In those two knees? Uh,
2: yeah, the right one, uh, I think the the right one is a little, uh, and probably is inflamed. Um,
1: is it more left, muscular than the left one?
2: I think so. Yeah, I would have to say okay.
1: yes. All right. Okay, so what I'm watching happen is I'm watching the same procedure, the same kind of a healing happen on your left knee, and so that implant looking gelatinous material is going in between the bone to raise it up, and it's going to add some extra padding in there, so it's not going to be as painful. Um, Okay, what can you do? What I'm getting you can do to help strengthen the left knee is you need to do some leg exercises, because your right knee is way more muscular than your left knee and you want them to be the same because I get that you're babying your right knee, but by doing that, it's, it's not as strong. So you want to, you want to develop the strength of it. Have you been to see an orthopedic surgeon by any chance?
2: I have. I have.
1: And what, and what did the surgeon say?
2: Uh, Basically what you're saying, it, it is bone on bone. Okay. Uh, It's, uh, and what I've done, I'm trying to wait as long as I can before I take the next step and do the uh, knee replacement. Right. And not not really in a big hurry to do that.
1: Have you been, been told that you need knee replacement in both knees or just one?
2: You know, we haven't even gone that far. When I when I talk to him, uh, this particular doctor wants to try several different things before we even discuss that. Okay. Because he doesn't yeah, really they- think at this point I need, need to, to do that.
1: Well, here's something that you can do, and this will help you with your decisions too, Sherman, and that is when you ask yourself a question in your head and you say, is it in my best interest to and then you finish the sentence, the answer that's divine guidance will come to you immediately, like within a second. So when, so let's do it together. When you ask, is it in my best interest to have knee replacement surgery, what's the first thing that pops into your head? I get a no. I got a no as well. So I don't believe it's time for you to do it unless you're in excruciating pain. I do believe you can strengthen those legs with um, some exercises, and I'm sure a physical therapist can help you with that. Heck, you can probably find it on YouTube. I would look Mm -hmm. in, look up, you know. Right, I agree, that's a good
2: idea. Mm
1: -hmm. Knee strengthening exercises, and, um, and you wanna just strengthen those muscles, especially the quads, you know, the muscles that are right above your knee, because that's gonna help you feel steadier on your feet. The other thing is look online and see if they have different yoga positions for you because ones that are standing, because something as simple as standing on one foot with your eyes closed and the other foot raised in the air, the more you do that, the more you practice that, the better you're going to get at it. It's going to make you feel more secure. Your balance is going to be better. Okay. So, do it. Do you have a vanity in your bathroom? I did. Like where you, yes. where your sink is. So in the morning, after you brush your teeth and stuff, just you know, stand there, raise one leg so your left knee's weaker, right?
2: That's correct. That's the left okay. one, huh?
1: So so bend your right leg, get your foot up off the floor and just stand on your left leg and you got your vanity right there so you can use that to balance, but close your eyes and then let go of the vanity. You probably won't be able to do it for more than a few seconds, but if you do that for a couple of weeks, you're going to be amazed how much better at it you get and it's going to help you feel more stable because it's okay. going to improve your balance. Okay? So Perfect. I hope that helps.
2: It does, and thank you. I really appreciate you taking my call.
1: You bet. Take care. Thanks for calling. Thank you. You bet. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. I believe our next caller is Cassandra. Hi, Miss Cassandra. Are you there? Yes. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm well. How are you?
3: Good. Just, you know, in San
1: Diego enjoying the May gray weather. Oh, the May gray.
3: Yeah, I was expecting a little more sunshine these past few days, but oh. I re-
1: I remember when I lived in LA, they called it in June, they called it June gloom.
3: I know they they, they happen for every month. Hopefully it just is for May though. <laughs> oh, I been in San
1: Francisco too in August with a ski jacket on before cuz it's so oh, cold yeah. up there when the, you know, when all the fog and everything is yeah. is, is it is in. So, but I'm sure the sun will come out, and I'm sure if you go inland a little bit, you'll see lots of sun.
3: Oh, yes,
1: definitely. I'm it's just it's near, near the beach. Get a little yeah, warmer. just near the beach. Oh, right. gosh. Wow. Well, you know, I don't think any of us feel very sorry for you being in San Diego, even though it's gloomy. <laughs> I was going to say,
3: I'm sure you guys are feeling some heat in Alabama.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's really been pretty mild, surprisingly. Okay supposed to ramp up into the 80s this weekend which is great for holiday weekend but yeah I was I was saying today it was 66 at 11 o'clock in the morning yeah. which, which is pretty cool for here this time of year right but but everything's in bloom my gardenias are amazing in my garden oh my god it smells okay. heavenly out there that and all my magnol all my magnolias darling are blooming as well <laughs> so anyways well did you did you have a question for me
3: I was wondering if oh I was interested in doing some kind of past life. I've never yeah. really done it so Yeah. Sure. Do you have okay.
1: a question about a past life or do you have a question? Normally what people want to know about past life is, past lives is they um say, Okay, is there something in a past life that affects me in this lifetime and they'll come up with some kind of a subject. Right. So uh, I had a, I had a client. Actually, I think he called into the show, uh, and he said he wanted to know. He was an engineer, and he wanted to know if he was an engineer in any of his past lives. <laughs> and sure enough, there was one that came up. So, is there hmm. anything in particular that you wanna, you wanna explore, or
3: uh, any anything specific? I guess what comes up for you, but maybe kind of exactly what you said. Is there something that I'm carrying on in this life that maybe was not traumatic or I don't know, something like that?
1: Well, I think there's lots of things that you carry on. Is there anything in your life that you're working on that um, would be something that would be?
3: Yeah. I, I guess some people kind of in my family sometimes think like, um, that I'm like secretive and stuff like that, but I've always felt like a need to protect my like, or have a certain kind of privacy and things like that. So I don't know. Okay.
1: Okay. That's a great one. So, well, let's, let's see what we can find out about that. Um, So how I do this, Cassandra, is I imagine myself walking down this endless hallway and the ceiling is about 20 feet tall and it's narrow. And there are these 12 inch by 12 inch square mirrors that are floor to ceiling. There's, tons of them on each side of the wall. And so as I walk down the hallway, I'm going to ask, you know, is there something in one of Cassandra's past lives that correlates with her being secretive in this lifetime? And then I'll have, we all all live hundreds of lifetimes, if not thousands. So I'm going to, what will happen is, these mirrors will come out of the wall. It's almost like there's a hydraulic arm behind them and they'll Mm -hmm. come out of the wall. And then I'll ask which one pertains the most. And that one will come out the furthest. And then I'll envision myself walking into that mirror and I'm going to be shown some kind of a scene. And then we'll find out what the correlation is. And if it's something that you perceive as being negative or something that you want to, you know, you want to expel then, mm-hmm. I can force that cellular membrane memory out of your body, which is pretty cool. Um, sometimes okay. past life experiences affect this lifetime. We have what 's called cellular memory from past mm-hmm. lives, and so I watch that come out of the body and it how it comes out is it shows itself to me in this blue vapor kind of a royal blue color and it comes out of your pores it's pretty cool when I watch it I've seen it lots of times so is does that are you game for that does that sound good okay all right so here we go walking down this hallway so is there a past life for Cassandra that Correlates with her being somewhat secretive in this lifetime. Okay, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of these squares that are coming out. All right, show me the one that is the most has the most effect on her current lifetime. Okay, this one's really close by. A lot of times it's way down this hallway, but this one's really close by. It's on the left. All right, so I'm in front of this mirror again. This this square mirror has come out of the wall the furthest so I'm walking into it now it's like I'm envisioning myself going into this mirror to see what this, okay this is Egyptian <laughs> these, are, these are so funny and you know you write this stuff down and remember it and then google it while we're done All right. you're, okay. you're just kind of like a, in a Cleopatra outfit <laughs> Okay. okay, okay. alright it's seven hundred and twelve BC. So so when you Google this, Google images, Google, you know, Egyptian woman seven twelve BC and Google the images and you'll come up with an outfit that you know, you have like you know what Cleopatra looked like, right? right. With the hair yeah. the head thing with the snake, the you know, was that a cobra of mm-hmm. her head? You know, her headpiece and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So um All right. You you were one of many wives. I think they had lots of wives back there. Still, I think, you know, those cultures, a lot of those Middle Eastern cultures still have many wives. So you were one of many wives, but you were one of the, you were one of the favorite wives. Because you were a babe, even back then. (laughs) All right. So, Uh. Oh, my God. I'm getting that your husband had 75 wives. Whoa. He was a busy guy. Goodness. (laughs) Wow. All right. You're definitely part of the aristocracy. I'm getting a no on royalty, but you're definitely part of the aristocracy. All right. So you were like his favorite wife, but he had a wife that was older than you and not as attractive of you as you that in that time kind of ran things kind of she was kind of the head wife and ran all the wives but you were his favorite but you kept it a secret you kept a lot of secrets from the other wives because it was so competitive right and I and I think and do some research on this but I believe back in that day time back in that time that some of the wives if they fell out of favor especially in those wealthy households that they could basically be abolished from the household and they wouldn't have any way to support themselves or take care of themselves. So I think, I think there was a lot in that culture and I don't know if I'm making this up or if I remember this from my history classes in high school. So check it out, Google it, let me know. know. (laughs) And um, so you were just being secretive from, um, Oh, okay. There's a baby too that you had and it was with, with a different dad. Ooh, Oh, oh but this, yeah, but this husband, you wild girl, but this husband thinks it's his. So, okay, that's part of the secretive thing. So you were keeping a lot of secrets in that lifetime. All right. So do you want me to, is, is being secretive serving you or do you want me to see if I can clear some of that out of your yeah. energy field? Try to clear some of that. All right, okay, so what i 'm doing is, like when I was talking to Sherman earlier, I connected to you with my laser beam in san diego i 've got you in front of me right in front of my desk, your spirit so i 'm shooting energy from your feet, but i 'm pushing the energy up from your feet, up through the top of your head. And there's this blue vapor that's coming out of all your pores in your legs and in your arms. And your arms are being held straight out in front of you. And there's just this blue vapor coming out of all of your pores. Now, it's it's like if I had a, a something that I was pushing all the energy. You know, it it reminds me of, you know, those flat utensils that, chefs use when they're scooping up veggies that they've chopped right. kind of has a roll on the end and it's flat that's what it looks like but i am um pushing it or did you ever play with play-doh as a yes. kid and yeah. you could put play-doh and stuff and then you could push it out into different shapes right that's kind of what it looks like okay now what's happening is your whole energy field being filled with sparkly ener- energy so that's yeah. grace i call that grace That's the Catholic in me, Um, you know, just special. Kind of looks like, imagine an IV bag with sparkles in it. (laughs) Imagine imagine your body being filled with this IV bag full of fluid and it's just sparklies, but this isn't fluid. It's more like vapor. Okay. Okay. Now you're being wrapped in a big blue slinky, which I always see at the end of a healing. So you just just had a healing that happened to you and, and it's, um, this energy that makes this slinky is this really hair-thin, fine lines of energy that wrap you up like in a big spiral. Like imagine a big slinky encompassing right. you, and then there's a big energetic bubble that's put on top of you from there. So, um, so that'll be interesting. Go Google that stuff and, and uh, shoot me an email. And let me know what you find out. I definitely will. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Enjoy that's the... What did you call it? May what? May Gray. May Gray. That's (laughs) hilarious. Okay. Thanks, girl. Take care.
3: You
1: You bet. Bye-bye. Okay. I believe our next caller is Kathy. Hi, Miss Kathy. Are you with us?
3: I am. Hi, Julie.
1: Hi there. How are you?
3: I'm doing pretty good.
1: Good. Please tell everybody where you're calling from.
3: I'm calling from Clarksville, Ohio.
1: Clarksville. So, did you get some of that snarky weather?
3: Yeah, it was. um, I spent several hours watching TV last night trying to figure out if I needed to take shelter. Um, Oh my gosh! So, yeah, it was. um, It's the worst weather I remember in quite a number of years. I've been in Dayton for the Dayton general area for quite a while. Well, so was
1: it was it raining, or what was it doing?
3: Yeah, it was rain. Re- it was uh, the temperature dropped quite a bit, and there was this big, huge, massive, these big, huge, massive clouds, very dark with a lot of rain in them. And it, it was raining, and then the cloud I mean, I was watching it on TV, they covered it for hours, and, and it would just drop these funnels down. Oh, wow! And, and some of them did end up touching down. Um, thankfully, not real close to here, but they did. It was probably within, you know, 8, nine, ten miles of where I am. Well, that's too
1: close for comfort, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. That's why I kept watching TV. It's like, well, I better pay attention because this is kind of serious.
1: Well, so, but did, it it, cause, it, did they cause any damage?
3: Well, you know, interestingly, as of today, um, this morning when I was watching, I haven't watched this afternoon, um, but I, I listened to the news in the morning on TV, and they said that the National Weather Service was not releasing any data yet. That's weird. So other than what people had, other than what people and local authorities had observed, we didn't have any concrete data about how strong the storm was. Did it actually touch down like it looked like it did? Ah. it was weird, which is kind of weird, I think. But
1: when I was a kid, there was a tornado that touched down in a little town near Dayton called Xenia. Is that oh, yeah. kind of close to where you are?
3: Yeah, and that's not that. Yeah, it's really. I, That's sort of tornado territory around here, and um, it wasn't far from Xenia. It was more um, Beaver Creek and north of Beaver Creek, which is just before Xenia, though. It was maybe five miles, six miles from Xenia. Every time I passed
1: the, the Xenia exit coming up from Alabama, driving into Columbus where I grew up, I always think of the tornado that landed in Xenia when I was a kid and caused all that damage.
3: Yeah, that was a bad one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it was. So, well, I'm glad you're safe and I'm glad it's out of the way. It's so flat there that, you know, those tornadoes, it's like the prairie out in the Midwest, Oklahoma and Nebraska and all that. Those tornadoes just have a field day when they get released, don't they? Yeah. Goodness. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Well, did you have a question for me?
3: Um, yeah, I do actually, I, I didn't have one when I first called in, so I didn't know where I was going to go, but, um, but given, um, one of the topics so far of of tonight, um, that Cassandra brought up, I, um, I've have thought as, as you know, Julie, my father is in mental and physical decline and getting closer to, to passing. Um, and I, I've often, several times as I'm driving up and back to my parents. um, I wonder about what my, I'm sure my dad and I have had a past, at least one if not not more past lives together. Um, So I would be interested in knowing, you know, if there's a significant lifetime that, that connects to this one with he and I.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. How is your dad, by the way?
3: Um, you know, when I was there, about a week or so ago, um, he um he wasn't as good as he was the last time I was there, but he always recognizes he doesn't I don't know that he understands that I'm his daughter um most uh-huh. of the time, but he knows that he knows me and loves me. Like you can tell he knows I I always word it. You can tell that he knows I belong to him and he belongs to me. Um uh-huh. but he can't articulate it or quite you can tell he He can't, you know, he doesn't know that, like I said, that I'm his daughter. He doesn't remember my name. Um, Sure. But he, he knows me. I can, I feel that. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, I haven't scanned him in a while. I know you've had me scan him. Oh, what, a month ago or so when you called in. So I yeah. I'm haven't I'm scan him in a while. So if you want me to do that, we can do that too. Just Yeah, give that you would some be great. Information. Okay, yeah. let me do that first, and then okay. and then let's do the past life thing. So I'm connecting to you, Kathy. Got you. Okay, going to your dad. Got your dad. Okay, he's still in 11 of 12. He's been hanging out in 11 of 12, of the 12 phases of transition for a while. Hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, and, yeah. and for those of you listening who don't know what Kathy and I are talking about, um, if you go to my website, Com, there's a tab that you can click on that is the 12 phases of transition. We got a new caller that just came in from 860. So I'm going to mute you, but I'll be right back with you. Okay. You'll be still be able to hear. So hang on. Okay. Um, so anyways, go to AskJulieRyan.com, 12 Phases of Transition, and you'll be able to see graphics of angels and deceased loved ones and the positions they assume as somebody's getting closer and closer to death. And um, and so Kathy's dad has been hanging out in Phase 11 for, what, Kathy, six months or something?
3: Oh, gosh, at least. Probably, maybe even longer. Yeah. It's been a long time. Okay,
1: so let's do the past life thing. Uh, here we go. I'm walking down that hallway that I was with Cassandra. Um, are there any past lives that can show us? Uh, let's see. Help me come up with a question. What, what's the question? Are, show um, me the show me the past lives in which Kathy and her dad were. Very close. Okay, there's tons of them, Kathy. I mean, like, mm. tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. Down wow. the hallway, this, this hallway. I mean, like, okay, I'm getting there's 737 of them.
3: <laughs> oh, my word.
1: Yeah, a bunch. So, show me the one. How about the most recent one? You want to do that one? Yeah. Show me the most recent one. Okay, it's kind of down maybe 30 feet on the right in the middle of the wall. All right, so this is the mirror that's come out the furthest. All right, I'm going to walk into this mirror and let's see. Okay, he was an engineer on the railroad. He has an engineering outfit on, you know, like Casey Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like if... Yeah, with the hat and the overalls, yeah. and um, yep. on this, on this, I'm getting C N R Railroad. So look that up.
3: C and R. Oh, C and R.
1: C and R Railroad. I'm getting the year that I'm being shown is 1927 in Cincinnati. So see if there's a there's a record of a CNR Railroad. See if it ran through Cincinnati. And um you're the guy who's in the engine with him shoveling coal into the steam engine. <laughs> well, that's you're the coal you're the coal shoveler, girl. All right, oh, but boy. you're a guy, obviously. <laughs> you're a guy. And you're filthy and you're sweaty and you're um you know, you're really buff because you're so fit from shoveling coal into the furnace okay, uh, you're young. you were like seventeen at the time. your dad was, i get was thirty seven so he was kind of like a mentor to you um yeah. and you know, and a friend and like a dad and a and a surrogate all right, so surrogate dad, all right, so yeah. what what? Why did you come back in this lifetime? Because you wanted to experience what it was like to have him as a dad and be a girl. Is uh-huh. what I'm uh, And the big thing is about how he shows affection. My guess is he wasn't affectionate in 1927 because you were a guy and you guys were working on the railroad together, but in your lifetime, has your dad been affectionate with you? Like, you know, cuddly and protective and all of that. No, not at all. Not at all. Interesting. No. Okay. Now,
3: now his, his persona, like his, I never doubted that he loved me, but he was always, um, I mean, we didn't really connect until probably high school when we have the same love of of studying and learning. Like, we're both obsessed with that. So once that kicked in, then we had a whole connection that we hadn't had before. Um, My mom kind of ran the household. My dad didn't have a whole lot of being put into raising us. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, what I'm getting is it was the opportunity. That's why you guys chose this lifetime was so that you could experience what it was like to get his affection as a girl. So maybe the affection was more intellectual than, you know, huggy, protective But, But my guess is it's, it's more affect the relationships way more affectionate than it was in the twenties when you guys were working on a railroad. Does that make make sense? And keep in mind that, that lifetimes uh, to us, you know, are a long time, but lifetimes in the spirit world can be the equivalent of a minute or a second or a day. Our, Our linear time as we know it is not the same as in the spirit world.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: so and and there's no right and there's no wrong in the lifetimes because they're the blink of an eye so you know you wanted to feel his affection in this lifetime maybe you come back in another lifetime together and he is huggy um you know protective that kind of thing but but affection can take a lot of different forms
3: Well, I mean, he was more affectionate than my mom, Uh, even uh, what he would do to both my sister and I, he would come up behind us and he would put his hand right behind our head, you know, like right, right toward the base of the skull and he would Uh just hold it there and then he would kind of pat you and there was so much love that came through that, but there wasn't like sitting on his lap or being held in his arms, like that stuff didn't, that just didn't happen much. Yeah. um, Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there you go.
1: Okay, you're so welcome. Thanks so much for joining us this evening.
3: Thanks, Julie.
1: Okay, take care. Bye, Bye. Kathy. All right. We do the show, everybody, every Thursday night, and it's at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. To find that call-in information, you can go a couple of different places. Go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, and if you scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see all this information there. And then also in the show notes each week, wherever you download your podcasts, um, that information's in there with a description of a little bit about the show, and you can find it there too. When you're on my website, please sign up for the newsletter, and you'll see a button there to sign up for that. And I send out a a, um, question in the form of a blog that somebody has submitted online. I do that every Thursday morning and then I answer that question. And so it'll take you, I don't know, normally it's about a minute or so to read it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and that that's fun. Those are usually fun to read as well. And then when you're on my website, schedule an appointment with me and then we'll have a whole hour to do a deep dive and talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you want me to scan you medically or scan a loved one or a pet. I can do that. We can talk to your deceased grandmother. We can we can do past life stuff. I can check on somebody who you think is sick or dying. Um, you know, just a lot of, I'll, I say I'm a buffet of psychicness. <laughs> so, And I also say I'm a businesswoman that does woo-woo. <laughs> so you get whatever you need with me and uh, I'll be delighted to to um, talk with you for an hour, you'll find it's really informative and uh, usually a lot of fun as well. So, schedule an appointment. Also, I um, have put a new page up on the website and it's called the Events page. And if you go to AskJulieRyan.com and you'll see the Events page and you click on that, there's going to be a workshop and I'm going to be uh, co, I guess, co, uh, working it, co-working the workshop. Is that a way to do it or a way to say it? And it's uh, it's going to be in Port St. Lucie, Florida, which is a little bit north of Palm Beach. It's the end of September, and they're calling it a land cruise. And when I first heard about it, I said, what the heck is a land cruise? Well, it's what it sounds like. It's a cruise. Everything's inclusive, but it's just on land. It's at a resort. It's at a club med resort. And there will be workshops there for a couple of hours a day if you want to attend them. And um, it will be I'll be scanning people and, and um, doing past live things and medical things and all of that. But also, I'll be doing it with Gary Temple Bodley, who has been a guest on my show before. You may have heard him. And he channels some spirit guides called Joshua that I think really are conveying a lot of interesting information. So check that out. Go to AskJulieRyan.com on the events page, and you'll see all the details for that. All right, speaking of blogs, this is a question that's a little lengthy, so it's not going to be necessarily in my blog, but I wanted to read it because I think it's really um, poignant and hopefully will help a lot of people that hear this. Jean from Wanton, New York, asked, Hi, Julie. I don't have the guts to end it, but think about it often. If it wasn't for my daughter, I think I would have already, meaning he would have taken his own life. I have to take pain meds just to move. I take them like M&Ms. The pain is everywhere. I can't go on like this. I've been to every doctor there is. My feet are full of arthritis, bone spurs, and bone-on-bone. I've had 18 injections in my feet alone. My knees just started killing me in the past few months. I've herniated discs in my neck and lower back, and arthritis just about everywhere. I have bone-on-bone in both thumbs and a torn rotator cuff in my left shoulder. Of course, I'm left-handed. I've had two injections for that situation alone. Also, I've had six injections and an epidural in my lower back, and I've had an injection in both elbows and one under the left elbow for golfer's elbow, and I don't even golf. I'm 53 and build elevators in New York City for a living, so basically, I kill my body for a very nice paycheck. Changing jobs isn't an option. If you can help me, I will pay for the cover of all the New York City newspapers to tell the world. I laughed when I read that. I thought that was hilarious. He went on to say, Gene went on to say, I've given up on physical therapy and all the doctors except one, pain management. God bless the pharmaceutical companies and screw the DEA for what they're doing to the doctors. Basically telling them, you want to keep practicing? stop prescribing pain meds, even to those who really need them. I'm a tough construction worker from the Bronx who sometimes cries himself to sleep. Please help. So when I got this, you guys, I thought, holy moly, this poor guy, goodness. I mean, that is a lot of of issues that are going on in one body, for heaven's sakes. So obviously, I felt compelled to answer this one. And I chose it to read to all of you. So here's my response. Hi, Hygiene, wow, that's a lot to take for one person. In order to see what's going on with you, first I connected to you, then shot energy from your feet to the top of your head. You weren't kidding about your pain level. The inflammation I saw when scanning you was so intense, it overlapped the borders of your body and went out into your energy field. Now, when I got Gene on my radar, I could see this like a hologram of his body. And then the energy field is this big bubble that goes outside of the body. So the body is in the energy field. The energy field, as you may have heard me say before, is if you look at old master's paintings of saints or Jesus or the Virgin Mary or some holy person. And sometimes you can see a halo around them. I believe back in the day, the painters were able to see that. That's their energy field. We all have halos around us. We're all holy because we all have that energy field. So jeans, I could see the red inflammation energy on his body, but it went out all the way and encompassed his whole energy field. This guy's in just crazy amounts of pain. I went on to say... After applying blue anti-inflammatory energy, I could see that the skeletal structure of your body, especially from your ribs to your hips, was beginning to crumble. I believe the pain medications have greatly contributed to this situation as they've caused calcium to leach from your bones. Now, Gene, Google that. There's lots online about how opioids and other pain meds along with antidepressants cause osteoporosis and that's what I'm seeing. You're, your skeletal structures crumbling. Next, I watched as a type of energetic scaffolding was put into place. It formed the grid for energetic rods to be strategically placed so new calcium could be generated to strengthen your bones. When I, quote, see, that's in my mind's eye, when I see a healing occur on a broken bone... It looks like ivy vines rapidly growing and weaving themselves in and out of the area. Then when the ivy is very thick, I watch it transform into calcium, and that's exactly what I saw with you. And I see this ivy thing. It's obviously it's a metaphor for calcium regenerating, but it's really wild because I know you've seen those. Um, documentaries and stuff sometimes where they speed up plants that are growing. So imagine this: these ivy vines and they're growing at warp speed and they were just encompassing all this energetic scaffolding that I'd seen put in Jean's body. I went on to say, uh, after that, I watched an energetic plastic plaster body cast placed from your ribs to your hips to solidify the healing. I watched as your vertebrae were propped up into their proper places, especially in your lower back, and watched as your discs were reinserted between those vertebrae. Then I watched an energetic fine netting material be placed between your vertebrae to hold the discs in place. Again, like I was talking with our first caller, Sherman, it looks like uh, this gelatinous blue gelatinous substance, and it's in kind of a plastic um, it's, a, it's not a balloon, but imagine like a flat water balloon is kind of what it looks like to me. I also saw what looked like frayed nerves in both of your elbows get repaired. It reminded me of a frayed lamp cord getting a new outer sheath installed to protect internal wiring. You have a huge tear in your energy field membrane caused by an energy block from an emotional trauma either in this or a previous lifetime. This tear allows energy to leak out of your body and prohibits it from healing itself and operating at an optimal level. When I entered the tear in your energy field membrane, I saw a scene of you at the age of three with your maternal grandmother. You were crying and very upset. Even if you don't remember the incident, it was the beginning of the energy block that caused your membrane to rip. Once a traumatic event like this is illuminated, the energy field membrane begins to repair itself, and in your case, it did just that. At the end of the healing, I shot energy back through you and watched as you stood up straight, were pain-free, and were operating on full power. So again, when there's a tear in that energy field membrane, the power leaks out. It would be like driving a car with a tire with some nails in it. The car is going to operate for a while because that tire is going to hold air somewhat, but it's not. It's eventually going to go flat because the air is going to escape. And it's not driving at its ultimate, it's not riding at its ultimate um, potential. So when the body has a tear in that energy field membrane, it doesn't have full power with the ability to heal itself. So I go on to say at the end of the healing, I shot energy back through you and watch as you step straight. I read this already. We're pain-free and we're operating on full power. This tells me you can heal your body. Now, a few suggestions. Number one, it's in your best interest to stay on the pain meds at this moment in time. So at this moment, Jane, stay on your pain meds. Not that you're going to get off of them anytime soon because it sounds like you're in a crazy amount of pain, but I think it's in your best interest to stay on them right now. And then when your body begins to heal, you can start tapering, that, tapering off of them. Number two, soak in warm baths with Epsom salt as often as you can. It's made of magnesium sulfate that will help detoxify your body and temporarily relieve pain. As the body heals itself, it wants to rid itself of toxins and Epsom salts baths in warm water, and you can buy that stuff at the grocery store. It's really cheap. You can get it in. kind of looks like a little milk carton that you can get it in. You can get it at the drugstore. You can get it at the grocery store. You can get a lot of places. Um, put, pour a bunch of that stuff into your bathtub and in a warm bath, and it's going to help, help um, inflammation, help soothe inflammation, and help pain, help relieve pain. Number three. Eat as many whole foods as you can and dramatically increase your good fat intake. Things like coconut oil, grass-fed butter, olive oil, avocados, etc. This will help relieve your arthritic type pain by coating the outer covering of your nerves. Go to bulletproof.com slash diet and download the food chart. Eat what's on it. Furthermore, do your best to eat organic and avoid gluten and dairy. Remember, food is medicine. There's lots of books out there. Bulletproof, the Bulletproof uh, book, Cookbook is good. Eat Fat, Get Thin is good. Dr. Mercola has a book out. The guy who's the CEO of Whole Foods, the grocery stores has a book out. So, Jean, go check out some of those books. They're all basically saying the same thing. And then number four. Find a functional medicine physician. Functional medicine docs will treat your body as a system, help you figure out the cause of your symptoms, and help you heal your body. Go to functionalmedicine.org and type in your zip code. A list of doctors in your area will then appear, and you can choose from them. And if you want, if you come up with three or four doctors, Gene, and you email me those names, I can do a read on which one would be in your best interest to go see. I do that all the time for people, and um, I'll be happy to help you with that. And then I closed with, thanks for sharing your story, Jean. I know others listening to the show are either suffering with similar symptoms or know someone who is. You're all of our hero. So, goodness, I I just, when I read that, as I mentioned, I thought, wow, this poor guy, I need to pick his question to read on the air because he's really obviously gone through a lot and is just in a tremendous amount of pain. I I could see that when I got him on my radar. A little bit more about the energy field membrane. Before disease or illness or pain or any kind of malady sets in, there's always some kind of an emotional trauma that precedes a medical condition. And that trauma can be something as insignificant as somebody called you a bad name when you were three and it hurt your feelings, which perhaps that happened to Gene. You know, he was with his grandmother and he was upset about something. If I was in a one-on-one consult with him, we could have figured out perhaps what that was that happened. But it can be something insignificant like that, or it can be something really traumatic like... You were in a car accident or you were mugged or you were in a bombing. God bless all those people in Manchester, England that were just involved in all of that bombing situation this week over there. And it doesn't really matter what the event is. What matters is that we illuminate it because when a trauma happens, it causes an energy block in the body and it correlates in my mind with Eastern medicine as we know it. Many of us have heard about acupressure, acupuncture, and they want to get the chi, which is energy. In other words, for energy, they want to keep the chi flowing and they want to unblock the energy blocks that are in the body. So like when a dam you know, breaks open with water, normally the energy block will start with some kind of a traumatic event and then it will just keep building and building until it causes a blowout in this energy field membrane. The membrane, as it appears to me, is kind of looks like saran wrap, really thin saran wrap. And it's real, it it's, has a little bit of a rubbery consistency to it. And so when that energy block builds up and builds up and builds up, it causes a blowout in that membrane. So it would be like a water balloon or an air balloon having a, a tear in it. It's going to stay inflated for a while, but then eventually it's not. And so once I go into that tear, and I'm shown some kind of a scene, and I'm usually given what the year is, how old you were, who was with you, all of those details, and a little bit about what happened. As soon as we hit on the right thing, and it's usually the first time in, um, then I watched that tear start to repair, and that's what I watched with Gene. So that tear in his membrane repaired, then I shot energy through him again, and he was working on full power which is going to enable the body to do what it needs to do to heal itself. So that's the third phase of a medical healing. When I do them the first one's diagnosis, second one is there's always some kind of an energy healing that occurs, and then the third is we look at the we look at what the traumatic event was. So I'll make several passes through the person. The energy like with our first caller, we had a situation where he was talking about one leg and the energy went to the opposite leg. Well, that happens all the time. Somebody may say my right shoulder hurts, but the energy will go to their left knee, something completely unrelated, but I've just done this for going on almost 25 years and I just trust where the energy goes. So we'll identify that, watch a healing occur. I'm going to shoot energy through them again a second time identify whatever the next most pressing issue is. We'll watch a healing occur. I do that multiple times. And then we'll go on to the third phase, which is trying to figure out what caused this energy field membrane tear. And I can see the tear when I first get somebody on my radar. So with that... I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. It's a holiday weekend here in the States. We have Memorial Day that's going to be observed on Monday. So I hope you all have a restful and fun weekend and a terrific start to next week. Call us um, next Thursday. We'll be doing a a show again with callers. So call us on Thursday. Send in your questions online. Schedule your, your individual appointments. And I'll talk to you next time.